I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We're talking again. About body swapping. Hi, I'm Paul Mitzi. I'm Lucy Thomas. I'm Brendan Levi. <laughs> and we are the Swapcast Podcast. Every episode we watch an entry in the body swap movie genre and break it down for you. This week we are watching 2020's Pixar's Soul, starring Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Graham Norton, Angela Bassett, and Rachel House, where after landing a gig of a lifetime, a New York jazz pianist suddenly finds himself trapped in a strange land between Earth and the afterlife. And to help us review this, all the way from Lip Media's Hunting Seasons podcast, we have Broderick Gordis and Damask Leary. How's it going, guys? It's going good, Paul. Going good, Lucy. Nice to meet you, Lucy. I've not uh, met you before. Yeah, you too, (laughs) guys. Nice to see you, Brayden. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm good, Uh, Broderick. What? (laughs) I got it right. Thank you. Good stuff. Uh, So, uh, if you missed that one, uh, Lucy... Brendan could never get Brod's name right once in the last <laughs> oh, episode. Oh, dear. Because <laughs> we all know how good Brendan is with names. <laughs> yeah, true. let's be fair. I call everyone mate and dude. <laughs> it's a it good system, perfectly. that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, well, thanks for coming back to the show, guys. We actually had some pretty good feedback after you came last time saying that they really enjoy when you guys are here. So, Oh, lovely. Uh, That's nice. Cool. Yeah. So um, you should feel... Proud, I don't know. Anyway, and, um, <laughs> and I should and I should be gone more often. This is what you're telling me. <laughs> no what a way to fire someone. Lord. You're oh, replaced. Yeah. It took two people to replace I you. Could, by the way, Lucy. I could sue you because I had a baby, and that's discrimination. <laughs> yes, get him. Very good point. <laughs> we kind of forced our way into this episode, didn't we? I'm pretty sure we. I texted you and said, "Hey, Paul, when are we doing Soul?" Yes, yes, which I appreciate. Like, <laughs> I'm fairly sure I did that a couple of times with you guys. And is that because I'm still trying? You, you love this movie or you hated this movie? Because obviously, well, you have got to the review somewhere. yet, Brendan. Sorry. Yeah, you're jumping the Sorry. gun, Brendan. Sorry, Broderick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, as always, we love to hear from our listeners. So, slide into our DMs on Insta, send us an email, or chuck us a review on iTunes so we can get to 100 reviews and do an episode on Face <laughs> Operating. Mask, you gotta, you gotta say face off. Got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right. So before we get to the review, I'm gonna say up top that we are going to spoil Soul from the outset. It is a film that goes in some unexpected directions, so I recommend you watch the film before listening to this review. So on to Soul. The fact that this was a body swap movie was almost completely absent from its marketing. And the online discussion after the film's release have been quite critical of the body swapping aspect, especially as it relates to representation on screen. Soul is a lot of things. Are you guys glad that it's a body swapping movie? I'm going to start with our guests. Uh, so, <laughs> Brad, what I'm do you think? <laughs> uh, am I glad it's a body swapping film? It definitely surprised me that it was a body swapping film, as you said. The trailers, I looked back at it, the trailers very briefly hint at that it might be, but does nothing to show that at all. Um, yeah. I think so, actually. The thing I was worried about with Soul as a concept based on the trailers was the whole thing was going to take place in, like, the afterlife, or the Great yeah. Beyond, as they call it. And when it came back to Earth, it was like, oh, this is suddenly much more human, relatable story. And so having the body swap aspect of it was key to what the story was really trying to do so yeah actually ultimately i think was a really good move um there's as you said a lot to talk about in regards to criticism around the body swapping stuff which i'm looking forward to talking about but overall like i loved the film yeah i guess i'm glad that it's a body swap film in terms of 
what it does for the narrative and the character development. In terms of the stuff around like representation um, and depictions of black people, I mean, we had, was it the the frog and the prince? Princess or and the, and the frog. Princess yeah, and the go. frog, yeah. Yeah, um, where Disney did something similar. And there was criticism around that. So to do that again um, is an interesting choice uh, when the, that type of discussion has already been brought up before. And I read a New Yorker article about it, which was very in-depth. I didn't agree with all of it. It was quite mm-hmm. a, a bit in there. I was like, yeah, you're making some good points. I don't feel qualified to talk about the race stuff, but in terms yeah. of how the body swap functions within the film, I mean, I think it pays off. Yeah, I, I read the same New Yorker article and it felt like me that it was written by someone who I mean, uh, most people are in this in this category of people that don't watch a body swap movie a week. <laughs> where like I yep. feel like for us, like because it, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a concept we're so used to that, like there's aspects of it that we just don't question, and like where it can feel quite jarring for some people to hear Tina Fey's voice coming out of a African-American man's body. For us, it's just like another Tuesday. So like, <laughs> yeah, um, but I totally got where she was coming from mm. in that. And I agree, I agree. I didn't quite agree with everything she was saying, but I, I definitely think it's an opinion that should be listened to. I think I read the same article. Did they talk about the fact that Tina Fey just in itself is an interesting choice? Of yeah. all the people, because of the sheet of all, cake thing, of the sheet cake thing, mm. uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She's not necessarily mm. been the most racially sensitive comedian out there. Yeah, like even that just comes with a bit of baggage. It could have been a lot of other people, even white women. I think that wouldn't have maybe had that baggage with them. That makes for, them a little bit problematic. But anyway, for yeah. for the people who haven't read the article. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Brendan? Like, I got you. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say, like, what is like? So, what I'm picking up is there's like some like uh, criticism around having a white person uh, voicing the character of a you know a black person for half of the movie, or you know bits and pieces of the movie. And so, like, what's the yeah? Because like, what's, the, what's mean- the argument that that is like a bit more in depth or something. <laughs> because Pixar has never had an African African American lead in one of their films before. Yeah. Um and now that they did for half the film that African American character is being voiced by a white person. And even though the character that Tina Fey is playing is technically not white and technically not mm-hmm. a woman in the real still- world in the real world, it is. Mm. So it does, it's not really an indictment on the film. It's just a general indictment on well, Disney and Well, it's speaking to kind of media. the history <laughs> of when that is done in film, which like yeah. obviously derives mm. from minstrels and that type of thing. So if you, if yeah. that is something consistently happening through film, yeah. there's lots of discussions out there as to why that is terrible. For like Pixar, perhaps to think less critically than perhaps they should have about that, um, mm. I think was shocking for people and probably invited that discussion to take place. I think you could argue like if this was in a if this was in a vacuum, right? If this film was the yeah. only film yeah. that ever exists or something mm. like that. Mm-hmm. You might not necessarily have the same criticisms, but it does mm. come a pattern, and that's the problem. It's like it's more of an indictment of Hollywood in general than necessarily this film specifically for how mm-hmm. it does it or what it does, but. It's yeah. worth talking about, I think. I do want to also mention very quickly, though, I remember when the trailers came out and, like, this is the first African-American or black lead in a Pixar film and the criticism early was, and then they're going to kill him and he's going to be this glowy soul the entire film. Before we even knew it was a body swap film, they went back mm-hmm. to Earth and all that sort of stuff. And so even then they were like, well, they're already, like, they've taken away his colour. It's like, how is this even the same thing? So, like, mm. the criticisms were coming very, very early. People are very tuned into this sort of thing. Um, yeah. So I'm not surprising that that's a discussion that's being had now. And I de- and I remember as well the other criticism that people were saying was the design of um the main character that his head shape suggests that his brain is smaller than the other characters because of the way his head is shaped and that's like and they were saying that's racist as well. Okay, but then, I mean that's that's a little bit far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then and then I was like. I also read an interview with the co-director who is African-American. He, um, and he was 
initially brought in like for the script and then as a cultural consultant and then they they upped him to being a co-director of the film mm. and they actually established an entire like um like committee of pretty much anyone who was African American that worked at Pixar and everything in every detail of the film was vetoed through that group and they had to approve it before it got into the finished film so like there was many elements of the film that were were rejigged or taken out or retooled completely because they're like oh that could be seen as offensive or we don't Mm -hmm. think that's culturally true so yeah um, that's cool i think pixar did put the effort in to trying to make this not offensive yeah yeah like um that's what the the abc here in australia does like they have a whole committee for like indigenous uh film and television and basically you gotta if you're making something that involves an indigenous person it goes through like a process where they check it out and stuff and mm. yeah so lucy what did you think of the body swapping element of this film um i was just like oh cool there's another movie that we can review that might not be really bad (laughs) um i I thought as well like i thought jamie fox's like voice acting was like really great i really Mm -hmm. appreciated him and like no offense to tina fey you know on all the things that were being talked about it didn't need to be her for me Mm -hmm. yeah it could have been anyone regina george Regina George, yeah. <laughs> I listened to that today, Brendan. Yeah. Um, so that, sorry, that was a little callback to my own episode. <laughs> yeah. I also um, got a lot of, like, initial PTSD with Mr. Fuzzy Pants because of the cat. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, here come, like, the horror sweats. But, um, yeah, it was it was tasteful, I guess. Yeah, like, um, yeah, it's funny you say that because, like, going into this film, I had no idea it was a body swap film. And then halfway through when it happened, I'm like, I guess, I guess we're going to have to do this for the show. But <laughs> also, like, I didn't expect to be reminded of so many of the films that we've done. So, uh, in terms of, yeah, the fact that he swaps with a cat, obviously, Mr. Fuzzy Pants was the, uh, you know, touchstone of that. But I also, was wondering how many body swap films there are where humans swap with animals. There was that surprisingly T-Rex a one. lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, this that. is our third cat swap. So third. Uh, yeah. What's the other um, one? Uh, pretty, pretty cool. Oh yeah, pretty. Cool. <laughs> oh, Paul's favorite film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, but then it also had a lot of the like heaven bureaucracy kind of stuff that we've seen in like chances are yeah, heart and soul, as... down to earth down to earth heart mm. and soul switch and most importantly ice angel aka <laughs> skating, <laughs> skating for the gold, for the gold. <laughs> <laughs> no i i thought as soon as uh terry noticed there was a, a number missing and it, he was like it hasn't been it's been centuries since this has happened and i was like oh, chances are like that's <laughs> <Yeah. it." laughs> Um, oh, and like Terry, I thought it was a guy as well. It's actually, um, a, the female actress from like all the Taika Waititi films. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew that Make straight away. I love picking voice actors. It, like, yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she, she was really good in it, I thought. Mm. Yeah. Like, she is cool. As, as a whole, the voice cast was very good in yeah, this. Yeah. I, I thought, like, so too. um, yeah, Richard Iodi and, uh, even Graham Norton, I think, did a really good job. So. I think Graham, Graham Norton, Norton was my favourite. I, I didn't recognise it was him. He was so Who good. was Graham Norton? He was the, uh, Mo- the moon guy Moon, spin- name moon Man or whatever his name was. Yeah. Moon Shadow, mm-hmm. who moon. was spinning yeah. the signs. Ah. Spinner. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was one of my favourite characters. Just uh, quickly, on the on yeah. the body swap element, you yeah. know how the usual cliches are, you know, human to human swap, so you get the boob grabs and the, like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was cool how um, because it was someone or something that wasn't human going into a human body, like it was it was different. It was like feeling the sun on their face and like stretching mm. their – like mm. it was different and it felt kind of joyful. I don't know. I felt like, you know, there's a lot of like those sorts of themes in, in this movie and so I, I liked that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's one line in particular that I enjoyed. I just thought it really showed their friendship at that point when um, 22 was in his body in the shower and she just goes, I washed your butt for you. Yeah. I just thought that was a beautiful moment. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm not really a cat person, but I know Lucy and Damask, you have a cat as well, don't you? I did, uh, RIP. Oh, and Brad as well. Mm-hmm. So how did you feel about, like, his experience in being the cat? Did you, like, did you appreciate the all the little nuances, like him uh, chasing the light in the elevator? I and thought it was pretty broad. Himself? Like, they are the most <laughs> broad cat things ever. Oh, I fell asleep in a sunbeam. And, um, yeah. I just need, like, a little disclaimer. It's like, I might have two cats, but I am not a cat person. Like, <laughs> I love them. I love them. But, uh, that just sounds I'll... like internalized cat phobia, and I think you need to work through that. <laughs> dogs will always be my number one. That's how I identify as a dog. You can be person. both. You don't you have to both. choose That's one. Fine. Yeah, I mean, you can be both, but uh, I'm, team, I'm team dogs. Um, and my cats really do love to sleep in the sun and to chase shiny uh, reflections. So, I mean, it, it's broad, but it's like, it's, it's real. There was maybe no my scene... cats are just stupid. I don't know. There was no I... scene where the cat was banging on somebody's face to wake them up in the morning to get fed. So I didn't – that's <laughs> yeah. the experience I have with cats. I mean, I just had like a huge amount of anxiety around that poor woman who owned the cat. Yeah. And yeah. must have just been running around the city desperately looking for it. That I mean, that just gave me a huge amount of anxiety. But I guess the depiction of the cat was fine. I don't know. I think the the probably the biggest laugh in the entire film for me was when they first swap. Yes. And then he's like – you know, if I'm in your body, like, where's the cat? And then it cuts to the cat, like, going into the graveyard yeah. on the elevator, and it just does the fucking <laughs> like, meow. That yeah. was that was a great moment. Yeah. Did I ask how, how long ago did your did your cat pass away? What was its name? Uh, a couple of months. <laughs> Imagine if I just started hysterically crying when you asked that question. Well, yeah, I was I was asking because I, I was like, this is like a rich uh, well, but I don't want to. Yeah, let's let's know, mine this. All right. Yeah. A couple of months ago now, uh, she was thirteen. Her her Christian name was Millie, uh, but I called her Mao. Wow. Like, <laughs> yeah. so thirteen. So like, she lived a life. Like she, she did. Yeah. I only had it, her for I think the last five years. Um. Yeah, she's pretty cool. Did this she was bring a grumpy you some bitch, comfort? She liked me to think of like where she would be and stuff now. If she's in the great beyond. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't it's believe in the afterlife. Into that white orb. But if there is one, I do believe she'd be there. <laughs> Going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is this the kind of stuff you want on the podcast? <laughs> uh, so, Brendan, you haven't really uh, indicated if you enjoyed this film or not, uh, or not. I know you were quite anxious about watching it because you were worried it was all just going to be like Too existential happy. dread oh. and like t- like um, thinking about your own mortality. Was it that? Mm. And did you enjoy it? Uh, it was okay. I, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I'm the only one in the room who's going to say that. what do you mean like uh, there was some really cool themes um and and sort of uh, i guess perspectives and stuff that were were like explored that i really appreciated um the great beyond looked terrifying (laughs) 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 it's supposed to be comfort i was totally with him when i would be like reaching for jumping off of some ledge to escape (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh yeah i felt i felt with him on that one so yeah i don't know i just i just didn't i guess uh connect as much as you guys did so everyone so just liked it except for brendan yeah seems that yeah. way yeah, yeah. My, yeah first, I hated it. my first my first <laughs> note is straight away it's just like the warm fuzzy blanket of pixar just like mm-hmm. wrapping you up yeah, yeah, yeah. That day. same feeling. As soon as it starts, like, oh, can't wait to learn a life lesson today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> settled in, settled yeah. in. It felt good. Yeah. See, yeah, I was. I, I think I was like, you know, when I was talking about being terrified because I thought it would deal with death, but it doesn't really because you know our main character it's dealing with d- life doesn't have right. to accept death. He gets. Oh, he gets to escape with life. See, I am fucking shocked by this because Brendan's whole MO is he likes films about people who are aimless in life and discovering their purpose. It's and like the inner child. Thing. The inner and this child. Is, yeah. 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 This yeah. Is, and those this are, is that. This is that. Those are really like, this cool. This is the movie. What do you like want the, the from whole, us? The whole like power of now kind of like concepts of like being present and and not like I guess living for a career in a sense, because like such as, such as his focus was his purpose is what he was supposed to be doing with his life. Whereas 
Yeah. It's I, more about I, like connections and like sharing joy. Well, it's so just why like didn't fi- you love it? Meaning in the present. Sorry. I guess I get that you think it was fine, but why? Why didn't you love it? Like, what was? Because uh, they you forced from- it into this weird body swap that seemed totally unnecessary <laughs> <laughs> and unoriginal. <laughs> watching this film being like i love the concept i love the themes oh my god there's a body swap fuck this <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, have we broken you down to the point where you're incapable of liking body swap movies do you, want, do you want me to like sit here and go through beat for beat why this movie's dumb or like if yes. if someone finds comfort in it, I don't want to take that away. That's no, nah, no, nah, fucking rip it apart. I want to hear you rip it apart. <laughs> I want you to be the villain of this episode. Well, just like how arbitrary the rules are really frustrates me because I feel no tension when things are happening. Like for some reason, this this sticker that's on your body, you know, you have to find a spark before you get to go to Earth, and you can't remove it or give it to anyone else. But as soon as you punch that ticket. It's now able to be shared around with anyone. Like what? now, like- Brendan, I'm going to agree with you on some of this stuff because I adore the film, but I do think it is like mechanically clumsy and very, very convenient at times. Like it is. Yeah. It takes 36 minutes to get to the body swap, and those 36 minutes at the start at the start are stuffed full of explaining the like the setup and the rules. Mm. Yeah, they explain so lot. much of the rules and yeah. none of them make sense. <laughs> it's just to get to the body swap, which is where the film really starts, I think. Mm, yeah. uh, it's a shame it took 36 minutes to get there. Well, I have a um, question about some body swap mechanics that are going on here. Because while well, we're talking about rules, so because you have the person's brain, you have all the memories and stuff. Yeah. But then at some point, like, 22 doesn't know that he kisses, like, that woman on the cheek and not on the lips, but he also has all these other memories that help. This is exactly navigate mm-hmm. the world. It's like, you know, the start, they go into the hall of everything. It's mm. like, you can experience everything except things that you can taste or smell, but you can experience and touch, but you can experience everything that's sound and sight. So it's like, well, why, why those two? Why is it like, if you can go to the hall of everything and see and hear everything, why can't uh, I I'm taste, with Brendan. This movie's them? fucking yeah. bullshit. But that's, that's kind of what I mean. It's like you do have to like just go with the film and suspend yeah. your disbelief yeah. a little it bit. Is, it is best not to question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna. Yeah. It's a rabbit hole. Well, yeah. but pain. then, yeah. but then, like you could, like you could talk your way out of those things. But then, like sound, all of a sudden means something different in a body, and that could have been a really cool thing to explore. Like one of one of my favorite, like uh, sort of like philosophy books is like the myth of sisyphus and it's all got this part about like the body being intertwined with uh like the the brain and and like the will to live and how they're intrinsically linked and like you could really play with that in in that space but rather it's just trying to like rely on that that sort of trope where people are like oh it's a kids movie don't think so hard about it Okay, but, oh, I don't yeah. think they're worried about university. that. I don't <laughs> think they're worried about it being a kids movie in this no. movie because I yeah. don't think children would enjoy this it's at an all. They like the film cat, that just but, happens to be yeah. enjoyable by kids. I think. Like, mm. I, I get what you're saying. Like, you could do those things, but that's not what the film cares about. The 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 stuff that I'm I am criticizing, I also just am happy to deal with because ultimately the themes and the characters mm. are so strong that that stuff doesn't matter. If I was to pick it apart like that. It'd just be to my own detriment. There's too much stuff. Like, I, I agree with you about, like, the themes of living in the moment and living in the now and, like, mm-hmm. that find contentment in what you do. Like, all that stuff speaks to me so much. Mm-hmm. I wasn't crying like some people talk about crying at the end of this film. I just had this massive, yeah. <laughs> Especially if people talk about the bit with, like, all the stuff that she had in her pockets on the yeah. piano. Got people. Yeah. To me, the my favorite scene is, like, when they go to the hairdresser. And, yeah. and he the barber, I should say. Yeah. And cat, Des is talking yeah. about, like, you know, they, it's like, well, you want to be a veterinarian. You must be miserable. You can't do that. He's like, no, hold on a second. I'm happy as a clam. Yeah, I want to be a vet. But the job I'm doing now is helping so many people. I get such a kick out of it that, like, I've learned to just accept what I do and love it. And, like, mm-hmm. to me, that's my life. My passion is not necessarily my job. But I get a lot out of my job, and I really, really enjoy that. Uh, You know, you, I'm not probably going to be the next, you know, uh... Richard Ayoade or Steven Spielberg or something like that, even though I love film. But that doesn't mean I can't have that as my passion and still love my life and enjoy being alive. This film, 
says all of that so well. I just mm-hmm. sit there with a smile and nod as it says it. I love that. Mm. I love that it is a Pixar film that kids are going to see as well. Yeah, because it, I, that's Edie's big concert. Mm. And I thought, Brendan, like, I thought about Mr. Rogers. Like, you know, the way, like, he dealt with, like, scary things, but he talked to children about them. Like, and he didn't yeah. sort of wash over he didn't, those things. Yeah, pretend but death it, doesn't it, exist. Yeah, it made me think about that. But I feel like this movie does pretend death doesn't exist because no one has to actually deal with it. I mean, that's not true because he does actually come to a point where he accepts that he's going to die Mm -hmm. and that he actually did. He lived a wonderful and beautiful life, even though it's not full of accolades. So we do have that realization. But I think I saw in an article they were discussing um, in terms of how to end it, giving this character voiced by a white woman his earth pass while the the black guy dies was didn't feel right didn't feel great for them so they they thought it was actually a better ending if he's able to like continue living and live his his dream even though it might be slightly altered um but i think there was an acceptance of death that it is going to happen Mm. um and that's why when you're in the moment you have to like really be present and I think the film did a good job of making you feel that he earned that second chance. Like, it didn't feel like they yeah. just chucked it in. Yeah. I so. love the moment where the Jerry says, you know, we are the in the the field of inspiration and we're not often inspired. I was like, oh, that's neatly put. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul, mm-hmm. have your niece and nephews seen this movie? My niece saw it by herself. Because my yeah. nephew and uh, their parents weren't interested in watching it, and she fucking loved it. She said yeah. she cried. I mean, and she's twelve, so yeah, mm. I guess there is stuff that appeals to to kids in there. Mm. So because I actually called my sister about it because I did want to, I did want to, you know, get a child's perspective because it is sort of abstract and some of it is, you know, it deals with death and all the rest. Um, and I've got two nephews that are 12 and six and yeah, the 12 year old sometimes a bit like he wanted to talk through it with my sister, uh, you know, is this what this means? And is that what actually, yeah, but he, he liked it. The younger one was a bit, it was a bit more like over his head, but he still, he still enjoyed it. There was a talking cat, you know, there was something to enjoy. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do want to just say as well, like Pixar, have been doing this a lot recently, I think, with their films, is taking these really, like, adult ideas and putting them into their films. The one that comes to mind... I could say, like, Toy Story 3 and 4 do this a bit as well. The one that comes to mind is Monsters University. Have you guys seen Monsters University? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, how no often well. is a Disney film about, like, achieving your dreams? If you believe you'll get that thing you want to do, whatever you want to be, you can be, Right. And that that's your purpose or that's your thing. This film is sort of the antithesis of that as well. It says, like, you might think this is your purpose, but that's not really what life is about. Mm. But then Monsters University is also about, like, sometimes you just got to accept you're not good at things. And even if you want it, sorry, buddy, you're just not going to get it. You've got to find mm. something else you can do instead. Mm. That's an extremely adult and anti-Disney, traditionally Disney message, which I love is being put mm-hmm. into kids' films as well. I think yeah, the same like, with the toy stories, you know, like with Andy mm-hmm. growing out of his toys. Three and in then, particular. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd say you like know, they four, didn't just keep like, that whole universe like in a you know static time period. It's like he did grow like, up, and the toys like had to sort of have a second life. Four in particular, like uh, sort of this idea of like you've sort of you know done this thing where you like you know, you raise this kid basically, and then you're sort of like at this stage where all right, there's nothing really else to follow, mm. and just finding some acceptance and, and joy in that that space. Yeah, the emotional journey of those films of, like, such severe grief and loss that you feel in three, and then four is about, like, having the bravery to move on and Mm. to challenge yourself in new ways. I'm like, I don't want to – I mean, I I do like the life lessons, but sometimes I'm just not ready for them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Don't let me be pushed by my children's movies into becoming an adult. I feel like everything I watch now, I watch through, like, the lens of having just become a parent. So even Mm. though this movie, it wasn't a parent relationship, he was encouraging, like, the spirit to be brave and, like, try. and it's just, like, all that stuff got me. It's like Mm. I've got all that coming for me, like... (laughs) 
yeah. I think it's a great way to look at it. It's very pro-teacher, I mm. think, is the film. Yeah. Like, the value of teachers in society and yeah. being a teacher is a big part of this. Without really saying it outright, um, that's a, that's a, definitely a huge part of this, I think. And as someone who just got my teaching degree, you're all welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think that's a great way to look at it, Lucy, like as a parent and that whole thing of like, you know, life gets on top of you and you've got like mm. all these concerns. But, you know, if you take a moment to look at your kid who's just having the time of their life playing in a bunch of dirt, yeah, like, oh, maybe I do actually need to have pause and have new perspective, which they give each other in the film. And also that, like, not everybody has to, like, be the president or, mm. like, a Grammy yeah. award-winning artist, but you can still have, like, a great life and it, it, it have a lot of meaning. Um, and yeah. I, like, I like that. And then Toy Story 4 teaches us that when your kids grow up, you leave them to go and find your ex-girlfriend and hook up with her again. Yeah. Well, it's fine. Live your life. It's fucking beautiful. Like... Did yeah. we say that already? It's yeah. gorgeous. Like Pixar's been doing this for ages. I used to think like I was I was watching Soul and I was like, I'm gonna go back and watch some old Pixar films. Wally looks fantastic. I remember that looking amazing. And then watching going, I mean, there's literally garbage on the screen, but this is like <laughs> garbage compared to what they're doing now. <laughs> it is just they're masters of their craft of that stuff. It's yeah. incredible. I actually wrote down, you know, the scene where he goes into the jazz club and the Dorothy Williams character is like playing the sax and she's all like mm. backlit and yeah, it that was With so the blues. beautiful. Like yeah. Colors and yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks. I mean, there's cool. so many moments that I just want to reach through the screen and just like <laughs> touch everything yeah. and everyone. Yeah, like even in like New York, I was like, it just looks yeah so scrumptious. Yeah, I yeah. just, I was I just wish we had the opportunity to see this on the big screen. Like, mm. I, know. I, I, I'm lucky. I got a pretty good setup at home, but it would have <laughs> yeah. been great. But he's got. It would have been great <laughs> to see it on like a giant fucking huge screen like you guys could have gone seen it on the imax if that was Mm. open but Mm -hmm. and i'm so glad um as of disney's next release raya and the last dragon with aquafina that's coming out on in march they're going to the model of releasing at the cinemas and on streaming at the same time so you can go to the cinema if you choose has that been confirmed in australia i was trying to figure that out the other day yeah they announced it today so march 5th it's coming out in australia so excellent Mm. so something is coming out yeah, um, and and the new Studio Ghibli animated movie is coming out next week at the cinemas. The 3D one? Yeah. That looks I mean, awful. Yeah, I'm still going to watch it. It's, it's fucking Studio Ghibli, I'm seeing it. It's not, even, it's not even Miyazaki, it's his son. Yeah, but his son's last movie, Up on Poppy Hill, was actually very good. I mean, his film before that, um, Tales of Ursi, was a piece of fucking trash, but um, yeah. He's learning. Anyway. He's finding his purpose. He's, he's found his spark. <laughs> Maybe this isn't his spark. That's what we need to learn here. Maybe he needs to find something else. This yeah. is the Monsters University situation. Move on, buddy. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You guys have to say. You guys have to say uh, um, an animated character that you've um, been attracted to. Lola, oh, Bunny. most of them. Yeah, like, come on. Most of them I've seen. <laughs> I'm like, I'd do them. Who? Wait, 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 wait. I said Lola Bunny. Good choice. Good choice. Space Jam. <laughs> mine is Trent. Jessica from, Rabbit. Mine Jessica is Trent Rabbit. from Daria. That's fair. fair enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. April O'Neil from the original Ninja Turtles. Like, also yeah. Good I choice. mean, redhead. Mm. Ariel, mm-hmm. all day, all night. Oh, oh, Jasmine. Jasmine was the OG. It was, oh, and oh, oh, Jasmine. Oh, there's a lot, really. Oh, when Jasmine's yeah. being all sexy trying to seduce Jafar, something <laughs> really <laughs> awakened within me. Uh, Hercules for me. Gee, what a dream boat. <laughs> oh, Asami. Asami. Meg from that film, too. Oh, my God. Asami is the hottest. Oh, oh yes. Sami. Yes. Mm. Yeah. All right. We all horny <laughs> enough for this segment? Because I am. <laughs> all right. So, would would either Broad or Damas want to like sing the song together? No. Oh, I, I don't know if I know the words well enough. We Are can you teach a tutor or a boot? Are <laughs> you ugly or cute? Yeah. Tell me if you're hot or not. Ding, ding. Everyone, Everyone is beautiful, beautiful in, in their, their own, own way. way. 
I'm out talking like a In their own way. Nailed it again, guys. <laughs> Good work. I actually was having a flashback to, you know, the way just you sprung that on us that we had to have a competition for that little theme song. Do you remember Brenda's? No. (laughs) What was his? He made it up on the spot. It was like a rap. It was very bad. Oh, wow. Yeah. I went last, so I had the the most time to write my version. (laughs) Yeah, I remember Well, we weren't supposed to write it, were we? I think Lucy cheated. (laughs) Yeah, and I brought a triangle, so... (laughs) I just I remember mine was ha or not rating people rating people. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that sounds like something else, Paul. Yeah, it didn't sound like rating. It's <laughs> not the word I heard. <laughs> but, uh, That's why it lost. <laughs> uh, Let's get okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> nope. Okay. Moving on. All right, segment <laughs> begins now. All right, so Jamie Foxx as Joe, our main character. We're going to rate him as his human form. Uh, hot or not, would you want to have sex with this character? Uh, Broderick. <laughs> not personally. No. <laughs> I'm not going to say he's not attractive, but he's not my type. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Like He, he seems to have packed on the p- pounds in his old age. So. <laughs> I mean, he, he did was- look better post-haircut. Yes, was, he did look better. And, 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 and in the suit. suit. Good point. Yeah. yeah, and then in the final shot of the movie, when he walks out of his apartment, he's got like a turtleneck sweater and a jacket, and he does look a lot better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can so, see you in that outfit, Paul, for sure. Yeah, I think <laughs> I own it. Um, I think he's most attractive when he's got a cat on his shoulders, but that might just because yeah. I like the cat. Who knows? <laughs> also, Brandon, like, oh, someone that's going to put, like, their music career above me, that is someone that I have dated many times. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, they he gets mention... hot for me. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> uh, they did mention that he had this Lisa girl that mm. he had a relationship with. I'm Lucy. Surprised that... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm surprised that she didn't, like, appear at any point but i, I was really glad she doesn't yeah brendan uh hot or not yeah no nah, he's all right but he's he's getting a pass <laughs> <laughs> angela bassett as dorothea hot yeah hot yeah dorothea's hot like i said sure. that, that was that was the most beautiful scene for me when she was like mm. you know noodling she, on the sax she yeah she was a cool lady and she, and she just had that like yeah that Cooler than you, kind of sexual mm-hmm. energy to her. I mean, it's Angela Bassett. She'll always be hot no matter what she's oh, doing. Yeah, her so. voice is just like smooth Ooh, butter. Hubba, hubba. And she's playing a sax, which is yeah. the sexiest of the instruments. <laughs> What's well, so yeah. close to sex? Yeah. It's if, right there in the name. If she can play that sax, you know what else she can do with that mouth? Good <laughs> lord. Um, <laughs> have some respect. <laughs> I have to say, um, one of like a small bit of animation that really impressed me is one of the dresses she was wearing had like gold sequence on it mm. and just the reflections yeah. on it. I'm like, mm. that's probably something that a lot of people wouldn't even pay that much attention to, but like the level of animation on that dress was amazing. Gorgeous, yeah. Obviously on the show we only rate people of age as hot or not and then oh. anyone underage we do we do uh friend or foe we say what, we, what are you doing much? here <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so but this episode uh, we're changing things up <laughs> so i guess tina fey's character as 22 was technically eons old uh, i think eons old but also not even born yet so i think we need to friend or foe 22 um Say, uh, Lucy, friend or foe? Oh, she seems like to begin with, she would have been tough to be friends with. She mm. was like very complaining and stubborn, but then in the end, she was kind of funny and um, so probably friend. But Did she have a personality? Not yet. She hadn't been given one yet. Yeah, I, was, I mean, I she was actually trying- had. She'd been given the personality traits. Yeah, yeah that wasn't that weird. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. yeah, all she didn't have was her spark. So, yeah. So, I, I feel like she I found have... her just super annoying, which they talked about like the voice was chosen to be annoying. Like the character was intentionally yeah. made to be as annoying as possible. <laughs> foe, foe, absolutely foe. Friend, she's exactly the kind of person I like to be around. <laughs> she's my gal. Yeah, I'm I'm giving her a foe. Yeah, I don't think we would we would mesh all that well. I'm I I feel like I'm torn because I felt like she had like some of the greatest minds of of Earth 
um, berating her. Again, and with the that's philosophy, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that like, sequence. Saw, yeah. I love seeing like Mother Teresa get upset at her and stuff. That was, that was yeah, an yeah. easy laugh for me. <laughs> yeah. Even and, though Mother uh, Teresa that... was a fucking bitch in real life. So really, what yes. did she have? Mm. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, fuck her, man. Yeah. That's my stance. <laughs> Pretty much. You heard it here first. Fuck Mother <laughs> Teresa. Yeah, I would fuck her. That's what I want to say in this segment. Hot. So does that mean she's hot? Yeah, I was say <laughs> yeah. she's hot, right? Yeah. Uh, I hope we do another film so we can give her a double hot. Who, <laughs> <laughs> Mother Teresa? Yeah. How many uh, body swaps is she in? <laughs> uh, maybe that would be a great body swap. Mother Teresa swapping with one of the like sick patients that she was mistreating. She turned in a away, hospital. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "How do you like this? Well, you're gonna get right in that script, Paul. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like the most depressing film I've ever heard of. <laughs> do you think Disney will make it? <laughs> <laughs> they already got the model. Yeah. Um, all right, let's finish with uh, one last um, hot or not. Uh, Graham Norton as Moonwind. Hot. Yeah, same hot. What was hot about him? Yeah. <laughs> that beard was amazing. His dance moves. I, I thought he it was, was great. pretty good with that sign. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Th- th- good I, with I his can... hands, you might say. You know? Mm. Mm. And he was like, like the... on that ship and it was like constantly playing Bob Dylan. That's my kind of odd girl on that mm. ship. <laughs> and the way he gyrated. Bob like, Dylan tattooed. Even yeah. I was yeah. bad with that. <laughs> can, I, can I add one more person to this? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Des the barber. Oh, it's I'd like it's oh, set the internet yeah, on so fire. Des, what, like, yeah, very hot. So yeah, I have Super seen there has, there has been a big online kind of push for like people being horny for Des. Like it's, it's definitely <laughs> oh a God. thing on Where the internet. Where are you hanging now. out on the internet? <laughs> That's just Twitter. I saw it too. Yeah, okay, yeah it's, too. it's a thing. It's a thing. People are like fucking wet for Des. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I think we can all unanimously you know, give Des a hot, Brendan. Mm, yeah, you know, dispute it. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> undeniably. We're all human. I mean, come on. Let's get down to opinion swap, where we find some interesting reviews of Soul from across the interwebs. All right, so this one's from Jay on Letterbox, and he gives it four and a half stars, and he says. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Is that I a song? Was... Yes. It's Taylor Swift. I was about to say, and cue Brendan understanding. Just for the audience, like some kids, they don't know these things. A lot of like... kids know about Taylor Swift, Brendan. It's just you. <laughs> How the fuck have you gotten to this point in life? How are your friends with Paul and him not have already, like, rammed that down your throat? (laughs) So this one's uh, from Oliver Swift on Letterboxd, and he gives it four stars. And he says, I just jazzed in my pants. (laughs) I like how, like, brief and witty these ones are. This is very good. Yeah. I I try. tweets. Yeah. Are you guys on Letterboxd? Do you ask him, bro? No, I don't have the. I don't can't bother the letterbox. You gotta do. You gotta. I just do did it. the import. I just imported my entire. I migrated everything from IMDb to Letterbox. I have gotta a podcast to talk about the things I watch. I don't need to write them down too. <laughs> uh, letterbox is like the one social media that you go like you read and then you leave it feeling happier than when you went on it. Like Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, all of them, you always leave depressed. Letterboxd, you actually have good feelings. I think social media was capable of that feeling. That's <laughs> yeah. not what yeah, social media is for. What are you talking about? <laughs> all right. Uh, this one's from Laurie Strode on Letterboxd. He gives it four stars. And he says, well, Pixar, if your whole purpose of existing is to make grown men cry during the climax <laughs> of your films, then congratulations. You literally never fail. Except I that have... one time Where... they made me cry within the first 15 minutes in Up. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Up. Oh, my God. <laughs> where's, where's all the, like, uh, Christians calling this, like, heathenists and stuff like that? I'm actually surprised that I didn't come across any of that at all. So I think they're all getting tired of it. they're still talking about the good place they're stuck on that Mm. yeah are they Um, still talking about the good place (laughs) i have to say um i didn't cry in soul 
and I'm a, usually a pretty easy cry, and I usually yeah. cry in all the Pixar movies. Not to say it didn't, I didn't find it effective, but it didn't quite get me to that spot. Oh my god, I cried so much. Yeah, I guess I didn't <laughs> need the catharsis of that realization because I had it quite a few years ago. But I like, I felt yeah. it. Like you said it's very affecting. Um, mm. But yeah, no, I I wasn't weeping like I do in ninety nine percent of other stuff. So yeah, I was I was moved when he was playing the piano next to a discarded crust of pizza and stuff <laughs> I, was, I was there with him i love pizza <laughs> um all right so this one it was written by the real cliff booth on imdb but i feel that brendan may have written this one gives it six out of ten says leans too heavily on the tired old body swap movie trope as a fan of jazz music and Pixar, I was looking forward to seeing this movie. Unfortunately, it lost my interest quickly when the writers got lazy and leaned on the tired old body swap movie, tro- movie trope. Even worse was the body swap was with an animal. This painfully old routine consumed most of the movie, and by the time they moved past, sorry, by the time they moved past it, there was only ten or fifteen minutes left in the movie. See, that's not my position. I think they used it well. But it's just a shame that that's all they had. But but also, all the arbitrary ways they get from one point to another just didn't feel as satisfying as other ones. I, I'm not saying this is a bad film. I'm saying <laughs> I'm just I'm not like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I do agree. Yeah. Like, if you look at a film like Inside Out, I feel like the rules of that world were made a lot more sense and were more consistent than in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, it it wasn't to the point where I was like irritated watching all that stuff. I I appreciate this film more as vignettes, like like uh, you're talking about the scene with the barbershop, like seeing the mm. him and his cat self, uh, seeing how what he's missing from actually relating to the people around them, not just on a level of like jazz and stuff. Like there was all these moments, like his like catching up with his mom and actually talking about things like mm. yeah I, I really enjoy all these things uh but just all together i don't think it was perfect or yeah a solid I, as i also others. think it's like it's we talked about this when we reviewed the buffy episode the body swap episode where it was a bit one-sided it was like faith in buffy's body was very interesting buffy and faith's body wasn't really that invested in and 22 in joe's body was the point of it Joe and the cat's body wasn't wasn't really the important thing. He didn't learn anything by being in the cat. He learned a thing by not being in his body and having yeah, twenty two be in his body. Mm. The mm. cat the cat is just the vehicle by which he get, got to stay around and near his body the whole time. It's that's the I think the element of it that's a bit like meh. All right, so now it's time for Tenuous Recommendations, where we each recommend a movie, TV show, song, album, or book that is connected to today's movie in some way. Let's throw a newbie uh, (laughs) into the moving bus first. Uh, Brod. Sure. How tenuous do you want this to be? I sort of saw this as like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon style challenge mm, just to yeah, get yeah, something up. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's like the, a 3,000 more... degrees of Kevin Bacon. Okay. Like, Brendan the never more tenuous, stays the on better. message ever. In fact, if you like, you win if you're the most tenuous. That's okay. how this That's works. not yeah. the rules, but anyway. <laughs> Let's see how we go here. <laughs> you uh, win the so... award of pissing fall off. <laughs> <laughs> so Rachel House, who played Terry... Yeah. Uh, is in Hunt for the Wilder People, which Great is movie. a Taika Waititi film, mm-hmm. who also is in and directed What We Do in the Shadows, which has Reese Darby in it, who also is a voice in Voltron, which is animated by Studio Mia, who animates The Legend of Korra, which is a sequel series to Avatar The Last Airbender. So my recommendation is that everyone should be watching Avatar The Last Airbender on Netflix, because <laughs> that's the fucking best show ever made. Yeah. Beautiful. Well <laughs> Brendan appreciates well it. Done. Thank you. Still more of like a link than anything Brendan's <laughs> ever done. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly back that up. I love Avatar The Last Airbender. It's such Amen. a great show. It Le- and Lucy, I was clapping all for on the, Netflix. Uh, the link. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy, um, it is your, you have to once your son is at the age where he can understand Avatar The Last Airbender, it's your duty to make him watch it okay. um, like i recently got my niece and nephew are obsessed with it now and i'm like it just makes me so happy that i've Aww. made made that happy that's ha- good that parenting so that's yeah. solid parenting yeah 
Such a good show. <laughs> hey, good work. Um, Lucy, what's yours? Um, sorry, definitely honourable mention to Hunt for the Wilder People. Love that movie. Mm-hmm. I almost went with that originally. I was like, that's not tenuous enough. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> like started writing it down and then I was like, oh, I'm just going to do a really uh, like tenuous theme that's not really uh, a proper one, but whatever. Brendan always yeah. does what he wants, so <laughs> I'm going to do <laughs> Wow, it's really ribbon on Brendan. <laughs> so I'm doing Waking Life. You oh. know, the Richard Linklater? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I saw it when I was 19. It may be like, it was like a movie that you watch when you're 19. But I really got down with like the whole slacker before sunrise, before sunset thing. And it's like the meaning of life and dreams and purpose and that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um you know, as everyone the, saying the other the other link no. is that it's, 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 it's animated. animated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like Ooh. the meaning of life and animated, dreamy, whatever. That's that's yeah. the link. <laughs> it's 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 rotoscoped animation. So they had like I think is that Robert Downey Jr. and some other actors, and then they like um, animate over. So it's over got there. um some Richard Linklater um faves. He's got Ethan Hawke and Julia Delpy and mm. Adam. Goldberg, is that his name? And it's like little vignettes. It's people's dreams and sort of like floating around. And um, mm. yeah, I, I haven't seen it in over 10 years, but. <laughs> Do you know the Richard, Link, Richard Link like a film I always forget is his? School of Rock. Yeah, I know, right? I fucking love that movie. And every time I'm like, who directed this? Fucking Richard Linklater, really. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even know that until this moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I every love- time I watch it. Learning I love every day. School of Rock. I love the before movies. I love um, like. But you don't like Waking Life, and you don't I, like Scanner Darkly. I hate those two movies. Yeah. I hate them. <laughs> but like, more power to you. I know that they, they are beloved in a lot of circles, and I think if you're on that wavelength, you'll fucking love it. Have you seen I, Slacker? Actually, Slacker's one I haven't actually seen. I think that might have been his first film, and um, mm. Slacker sort of is like the live action version of. Um, uh, waking, waking life. life, yes. Which, yeah, you know, when I was in my early twenties or whatever, late mm-hmm. teenage years, um, you know, when you're like discovering what films can be, and but mm-hmm. yeah, it, I really enjoyed that sort of genre. I knew, I knew you that... wouldn't like it. Paul. <laughs> it's a shame that Boyhood sucks. Ah. Uh. Uh, you suck. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, do we not like that?" Oh. Is that a unrecommendation? Damask, what's yours? Um, can I do two? Is that okay? Yeah, sure. I do that all the time. <laughs> okay, great. Um, <laughs> what is this? So, the first How one is you? just a short little one. So, obviously, Tina Fey did Thirty Rock. A writer producer on that was Tracy Wigfield, who recently did the Save by the Bell reboot, which was yeah. incredibly good. Yeah. Like shockingly funny. Um, pitch perfect for what a Save by the Bell reboot should be in 2020. And I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, recommend everyone watch it. It's very good. And that was my um, tenuous recommendation last week. Oh, was it? Yeah, because yeah, like, well, the guy that plays Zach is, uh, gets a um, tennis racket through the skull in Freaky. <laughs> well, now I have to watch that. Okay, that's <laughs> good. All right, my next one is, so obviously Angela Bassett is Dorothea, who played Anna Spanakopita in BoJack Horseman, which stars Will Arnett, who also starred in Arrested Development, which was created by Mitchell Hurwitz, who also co-created one of my favorite shows in the last few years, Lady Dynamite, which is Maria Bamford's show, um, all about her mental health breakdown from a few years ago. It's very absurd, takes place over like three different timelines, and it's very funny, very strange. I love it. Ah, awesome. I haven't seen that one. No, me either. On Netflix. Cool. Check it out. Here we go. Brendan, have you seen that one? No. Nah. I'll uh, <laughs> add it to the list. Are you guys going to join us for a uh, Can't Watch Them All minisode where we force people to watch our recommendations? <laughs> sure. Um, sounds like a horror show, but I'm not doing anything else, so why not? Yeah, it's like Brendan gets forced to watch a musical. I have to watch. What do you usually make me watch? Um, existential Dread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Paul has to watch something art house. <laughs> <laughs> So, All right. What a great way to end your friendships. Yes, and then we never I, – I, that's what I always say. I'm like, why are we friends? We don't like the same things. 
So if you if you go with my recommendation, then you can choose to watch the entirety of Avatar The Last Airbender, the TV series. They'll take you most of a day. Or you can watch the movie, which is awful. Don't. It's your choice. No, no, no. No one should do that. <laughs> um, all right. So my connection is the human soul. Um, so I'm recommending a 2020 film called Yes, God, Yes, which is very preoccupied with um, people and their uh, where they think their soul's going after they die. So uh, this film stars Natalia Dyer uh, from Stranger Things. And have, have any of you guys heard about this film? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, this is like a Paul very- asked me to watch it. Yeah, he didn't because it's a piece of shit. <laughs> anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, it's about this uh, girl. She goes to, like, this full-on Catholic school. And the problem is is it's set in the early 2000s and she's getting on all these, like, AOL chat rooms and, like, kind of discovering sex and her own sexuality. Um, and then it's her wrestling with that and all the, like, doom and gloom Christian stuff that's being fed to her at a Catholic high school. Um, So then she decides to go to this Catholic summer camp kind of thing to, um, you know, kind of pray the demons away and then discovers that everyone's got their own little horny secrets. And uh, uh, it's very funny, um, very relatable if you've grown up in that kind of upbringing. Um, I related with her character a lot and it's got, uh, the added bonus of like very heavy early 2000s nostalgia, like amazing needle drops and like, you know, her playing snake on her Nokia phone and all those (laughs) kind of things that just give you like the warm and fuzzies. But this is a film from last year that I feel like nobody watched is so good. Um, and I would, I think like Lucy, it would be so up your alley. Yeah. Uh, I, I would have, I would have no, uh, qualms like recommended to anyone in this room right now. So, um, yeah. Yes, God. What was yes. the link? Because this film is about your soul and where it goes. And this, film I don't is know. This sounds very tenuous. <laughs> <laughs> Says Mr. This was a movie. So I'm going to recommend a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was released in 2020, so I'm going to release a film that also has numbers in the year that it was released. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, hit us with it, Brendan. I hope what, what the he, fuck I have hope you got he has, us? like, an amazing, like, brilliant, like, well-thought-out one to prove us all wrong. Mm, I doubt it. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, this one's to really annoy Lucy because she, she made fun of the... Me talking about the book of uh, Sis- uh, the myth of Sisyphus. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to recommend the myth of Sisyphus by <laughs> Camus, <laughs> which is a really cool book. If anyone wants to read it, it's uh, all about uh, basically. Are you my boyfriend the- from like 12 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> That's a burn. That's, that hurts. If anyone out there wants to enjoy philosophy, just so you know, it's okay and you can enjoy it. It's all right. There's a you lot don't of have money to be a pretentious well. arsehole. Can, can you spell the title for us, please? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, your recommendation is what? So, wait, Sisyphus, I think, is S Y S I think it's S I S Y P H U S. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't I sure. didn't want to insult everyone by doing that. <laughs> I I read the cover but it looks shit so I put it back. No, yeah. <laughs> it, it is it is really old, but it's all about um basically looking at the myth of Sisyphus uh rolling the boulder up only for it to be rolled back down and eternally pushing it back up um and seeing him as happy. So, uh yeah, I think it's a really good read and there's some really interesting ideas in there. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't actually going to be my <laughs> by uh like instead but instead of doing what i was going to do what i'm gonna do is instead of watching what paul suggested uh my tenuous link is instead of the movie that paul just suggested yes god yes i watched a film called heart of darkness which is the documentary oh, about the making of yeah. apocalypse now yeah <laughs> and i recommend you watch that instead of yes god yes <laughs> Why? Just watch the community episode that does its own Heart of Darkness because that's pretty good too. But why? That's great how, as well. Why, Brendan? I don't really get it. Because it's well, a piece of shit. My tenuous link is Paul suggested to me 
to uh to watch Yes God Yes. Yeah. And instead of watching that, I watched uh, Heart of Darkness. Oh, okay, and, uh, sure. I've yeah. that's my tenuous link. <laughs> the exhaustion like, in your voice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah She's sure. gonna look after yeah. a baby, and now she has to deal with this. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I All like right. Heart of Darkness better than Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> does. I watched the Apocalypse Now, the director's cut. They did a like a, a screening on like this giant screen here in Adelaide recently. And that film fucking rocks on a giant screen. So if you ever if it ever comes to your city, go watch it. Where are we ranking Soul amongst the films we've covered on the podcast? So I don't know how Damascus. Brendan has to go your- first. You're, you're, you guys are welcome to look through this. This is of the number two for me it's under right. Heart and Soul. Okay. Mm. There you go. So, out of all oh, the Oh, you've got a list we've... already. Wow. <laughs> heart and, all I know is Heart and Soul is number one. What was, okay, num- so what was your number- last? What's the last on your list, bro? bro um, what's that cool one that Paul likes? <laughs> Pretty, Pretty cool. cool. <laughs> Pretty cool. That's, you, that's last. You can't rank it last if you haven't seen it. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> I'm putting it number five. So my top five, as it stands, is Your Name, Freaky, The Hot Chick, Heart and Souls, and now Soul. Mm. So it's Heart and Souls and then Soul. I need to correct my list. Heart and Soul, Your Name, Soul. Um, I wrote, I wrote down that I'm putting it in between um, Suddenly 30 and 17 again, but then I didn't write down actually what number that is. But I think it's quite <laughs> high. It might be top five or it might be just underneath. That would make it six. Yeah, there you go. So it's top 10. Yeah, I really liked it. Go on, Brendan. I'm putting it uh, between Your Name and Detention, which is... No, wait. Sorry. Detention and Shazam. So... Oh, so top five for a film you hated. Oh, my God. Yeah, I (laughs) thought you were going to really put it way down there. Damask, have you made your discovery yet? So many of these films I genuinely love. Um, So I've got... I love the hot chick because it's got serious lesbian vibes, which I <laughs> do pretty hardcore. Um, then, like, Suddenly You'll 30 is cool. just, like, a teen <laughs> classic for me. Freaky Friday, I also really love both the 1976 version and the newer one, although now I guess it's old as well, which is upsetting. <laughs> um, and then I think maybe Soul after that. But, yeah, those other ones just... Special place in my heart, all of those guys. Yeah, who would have thought there's so many good body swap movies? Not me. <laughs> you you wouldn't know that from Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, next episode, as we have previously announced, because um, it was supposed to be this one, but we delayed it for Soul when it surprisingly turned out to be a body swap movie. Um, we're doing the 2019 Korean body swap comedy, The Dude in Me. Starring Jin Young Jung and Park Sung Wung. Uh, you guys asked me if uh, the main guy was in a K-pop band, and yes, he was. I found that out since <laughs> <laughs> he was in that one called B One Eighty Four. So, um, which is oh, my favorite. Shut, shut down, but um, <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, some of their fangirls will listen to the episode and <laughs> give us some ratings. Uh, we'll get those hundred uh, reviews yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what's next in store on the uh, Hunting Seasons podcast, guys? Uh, by the time we you guys release this episode, I think we will have put up our review of The Sopranos Season 3, which mm-hmm. in real time we're recording tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ted Lasso Season 1 will be up sometime close that. to your release, yeah, I think. Cool. Yeah. Halfway through it, myself and quite enjoying it, spoiler mm-hmm. alert. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know Hunting Seasons, we review seasons of TV most weeks so you can find us at huntingseasonspodcast.com or on twitter at hunting s cast and on instagram at hunting seasons podcast what are we there damask i can't remember yeah i think it's hunting seasons podcast yeah yeah i've noticed your insta has been a bit more active lately damask has been doing some work oh look i've been trying to avoid filling in job applications that's what i've been doing (laughs) being productive (laughs) i was just gonna say like if anyone like is listening and they've like watched a tv show and they're like, oh, man, like, I really want to talk to someone about this, but nobody else has watched it. Um, <laughs> I often will go and look through your catalog to see if you've talked about it, because I just want to, like, Queen's Gambit. That was what I was just like, mm. no one's talked to me about this, but I have a real, I have a real gripe with it. Everyone's 
Let's oh, talk about okay. that show. <laughs> That's interesting. So you agree with Damask? You didn't like it that yeah, much? Yeah, wholeheartedly. Yeah. Y- yeah. You were the two. You're the only two people I've mm-hmm. ever met who don't like that show. Yeah. yeah. It just I wasn't very good. So. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched it. So when he's saying nobody's watched it, he means I haven't watched it. Yeah, Brendan, everybody's watching. If you want, if you want some good opinions, listen to <laughs> listen to me specifically. Yes, thank yeah. You. <laughs> so, Brad, <laughs> awesome. So, um, thanks again, guys, for coming and joining us. It's always thanks a for having us on. And oh, I, I am going much. to like weasel my way back into your show shortly. Like, yeah, you, you gotta, always welcome. You know, they as do- a. As a you, Lucy, as a you, oh, cool. Brandi, you guys Thank can come you. on as well. Please. Yeah. And uh, I did see that they've just started shooting Upload Season 2, so that's Fuck coming off. soon. Fuck off, Paul. <laughs> All right, now you're just banned from the podcast. Yeah. Now you know what it's like for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so until next time, if you don't review us on iTunes, you are a literal piece of shit on the ground and we hate you. And I was Paul Mitzi. I was Lucy Thomas. <laughs> I was Brendan Levi. I was Bobby Goddess. I don't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. The Swapcast podcast is recorded in Adelaide, Australia. It's hosted by Paul Mitzi and edited by Brendan Levi and Paul Mitzi. Our theme song was written and performed by John Marco of Two Creative, featuring Lucy Thomas, and recorded at Browntown Studios. Our music bumpers were created by Reggie Parker. Contact him on parkerregmusic at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.